Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for spending part of your Sunday here with us. And we are in the middle of, actually, we just started. Last week was the first week of this series called Vintage Faith. And it's, you know, a classic faith, one that's quality, one that's one that is built to last. And I got to tell you, um, there was a point in time in our lives, Christy and my lives, we were had really young kids, actually two of them to start this, just Peyton and Logan were around. Grayson was not born yet, and things kind of felt like they went off the rails. In a really short amount of time, we had four hospital stays between our two kids, and it was simple things. It was the flu that, that led to dehydration that put us there, and, and just little things like that that ended up going a little too far. And being an employee of the state of California and the way they seem to run things there, they get in trouble a lot. So as an employee of the state of California, we got to pay for their blunders and we had major pay cuts that came through. So the financial struggles started to pile on top of stuff. And then probably the hardest moments of this whole time, Christy and I, Christy had a miscarriage. And that, that hurt. It hurt really bad. And I'm telling you, at this point in our lives, we are a dead dog in a broken down truck away from a really good country song. Because it just kept going and it kept going. Um, Within a a month span, I lost two of my favorite people on this planet, and that was my grandma and my grandpa. We also had some other close friends of the family deaths in there as well. And then a good thing happened. Christy got pregnant again with Grayson. And things were going great until, until they weren't. See, five months in, four months left into this pregnancy, Christy started having some labor signs. She started having contractions and the things that come with that. And she went on complete bed rest. Bed rest with a two and a four-year-old, two toddlers at home for four months is not where you want to be in life. But the great thing is, we, went, we got through it. We got a beautiful, healthy baby boy in Grayson that actually came late instead of early. And then from that pregnancy, Christy developed a rash that kind of went over her whole body, just started developing heart problems all at once. We went to doctor after doctor, procedures, tests, everything, and they couldn't figure out what was going on. She had to take months and months and months of heavy, heavy um, steroids to get the rash to completely go away. And that was the season of life we were in. Just thing after thing after thing. And I'd like to tell you that it slowed down for us. And maybe it has a little. But if you know us well, you know that 
It keeps coming. Life keeps coming. And that's the same for all of us. We all have stories. You have a story. And I've got to tell you, your story's powerful. Your story is powerful. Even if you think you don't have a story, it is powerful. And that's one of the reasons why this book is loved by so many, because a lot of what it brings us is through the power of story, true story. And as a whole, it's the story of a creator whose creation falls away from him. And then the rest of the book is him trying to get back and make things right for that creation. And if you dig into the individual stories, you'll find heroes of the faith, people that we can look up to. But one of the greatest things that separates this book from all other religious books is it gives us all the details of the men that lived the lives. All the good, and especially all the bad, all their failures, every time they messed up, every time that they fell short, it gives us their examples for a reason. And in the beginning of the New Testament, we get to see what God did specifically to rescue his creation in sending Jesus and coming down and living amongst us and dying for us. And then in Acts, we get to see the story of the disciples and the apostles and the people who carried that story and changed the world with it. One person in particular shows us how to use your story, to use our stories when it comes to this life. And that's Paul, of course. Paul was the one who wrote the majority of the New Testament. He carried it all throughout the the Gentile world, all through the known world at that time to teach and preach and share the good news. But his story starts way back. And we see it in Acts. We get to see his life change. We get to see the moment where he is, of course, a bad dude, a bad guy who is who is trying to stomp out the Christian church as quickly and as efficiently as possible. He is murdering and persecuting and carrying out this vengeful justice that he sees fit. And then one day, on the way to carry out his mission, God interrupts it. In a blinding moment, God interrupts it and changes his life forever. And that's his story. And he takes it through another point in Acts and then other books as he's writing to encourage, writing to, in, to teach, writing to lift up the people around him. He tells his story over and over again in different contexts, a way to show different attributes of God and how to live life. He shares his story over and over again because his story is powerful. Your story is powerful. Letter to the Philippians, Philippians 3, verses 7 and 8. In this letter, Paul is talking about how great he thought he was. This empire he built, everything that he did to live a righteous life. And then he says these words. 
when God finally changed his life, he says these words, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. I built this life. I did everything I thought I was supposed to do. And in the end, it didn't matter. All that mattered was Jesus. And in a letter to a young leader, Paul tells of his story and how he is able to share God's mercy with others around him. The first Timothy 1 Timothy 1.15 through 16 says this. This is a trustworthy saying. And everyone should accept it. Jesus came into this world to save sinners. And I am the worst of them. But God has mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use, my, use me as a prime example of his great patience. Then others... Oh, his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. It was a mess. Paul shares in his story all that he was, all that he did, all the horrible things. And he uses that to share with others that God's mercy is enough. It doesn't matter what we do. It is God's mercy. So all the junk that we did, and we all know these people that don't think they can come and sit in church because of their past, because of their present. And in Paul, he gives us the example, no. God's mercy is enough. And then Acts 22, Paul's been arrested. And he gives in this part a defense of his faith. So he gets to tell everyone around him just how Jesus has changed his life and why that is so important and why he believes what he believes. But he also gives another great example. As he's talking to this crowd... He also points out someone that God used in his life. And I bet you if you think of your story, of your past, you can see those people that God used to make an impact on your life. Acts 22, 12 through 13 says this, a man named Ananias lived there. He was a godly man, deeply devoted to the law and well regarded by all the Jews of Damascus. He came and stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, regain your sight. And that very moment I could see him. I have a lot of people in my life who God used in those moments. So I got to admit something right now. We are in the series Vintage Faith, of course. 
And I have not given you a title of this yet because, well, if I would have said that, hey, the Connection guy is coming up here and we're doing a sermon on community, half of you would have went to sleep because it seems like all I ever do. Sermons on belonging, messages on why it is so important for us to be together. But that's what this is. The title of this is Authentic Community. A vintage faith needs authentic community and more precisely, an authentic community needs your story. People need your story. And so I'll go back to ours. In those moments, two things happened in our life at that time. And it's continued to happen today. One, people of God showed up. Over and over and over again, the people of God showed up to help out, spend time with my kids while Christy was in bed rest, to just love on us, share their stories, to do everything they could to help lift us up. God used so many people at that time in our lives. And two, as we started to move outside of that season, the people around us, the people in our authentic community began to struggle as well. Miscarriages, illnesses, kids in the hospital, death, one by one by one, they all seemed, seemed to start experiencing those things that we did as well. And we got to use our story. God used our story in that authentic community to lift people and to comfort people and to love people. So I've got to ask you something. If authentic community needs your story, who are you robbing of your story? For those of you, those of us, they come in week after week and sit in these rows and go home and think that that's, that's what in the Christian uh, life is supposed to be. It's not. And I guarantee you, you have a story that's waiting to be used by Jesus. And if you don't think you have a story, you're not looking hard enough or your story's coming. And you're going to want to be in an authentic community surrounded by people just like we were in those moments. Because I don't know what would have happened to us had we not. Here we believe an authentic community is lived in circles on a weekly basis. And part of the problem what we're running into is, trust me, right now, it's hard. Community or COVID broke a lot of the things that we do normally. And one of those things is everyone feels like they're so busy and we are. We are busy. But now an authentic community is something that's moving towards the back burner and it's been hard to get groups together. And I'm telling you right now, people need your story. And we are busy. You want to know what our week looked like this week? Monday, we had football. Tuesday, Christy had class in the evening. Wednesday, we had church for youth and kids here. Thursday, we had football. 
Friday we had football. Yesterday we spent our day in Emporia for fall baseball. But tonight, tonight we'll be at the Zachary's house with our authentic community because we know that some of these things that are pounding down on us in life cannot be handled alone. We need that group of people and that group of people needs us and our story. So today we're gonna give, we're gonna give one last push for life groups. And a lot of you have said you, you wanna wait till you know, the next term, and I, I understand, but don't let another moment go by when you are not living your life in an authentic community. So you can text Hutch to 94,000, get to the hub, just like everything we do here. And when you get to the hub, there'll be a tab that's for life groups. Sign that form up. People need you. People need you. And then the second piece of authentic community is right here. And right now I'm going to invite the worship band to come up. We're going to, we're going to worship here in a moment, but this right here is authentic community. We're meant to live on Sundays in this room in corporate worship together, giving all we have to God. Authentic community is in small groups during the week and in rows here. And that's another thing that COVID seemed to have adjust, has adjusted. So right now, online, today, we'll see somewhere over 100 people, and those by conservative estimates, watching online. And this is my plea to you. You can't do it there at home. Not well. We are meant to have vertical healthy relationship just as much as our, or horizontal, just as much as our vertical, yeah. You're meant to be here with us right now, every week in this authentic community. Parents, kids, and youth, have your kids here on Wednesdays, on Sundays, in this authentic community, because if you think that they're going to be okay when they go away, I'm just, I don't want to scare anyone, but Kids that don't see their church as one of their main places fall away from the church when they leave home at exceptional rates. The only way to keep those kids in the church is by making sure they love to be here through their childhood and through their youth. One more thing. Another great gift we were given by God is, it's a sacrament. It's just, it's a holy thing. And there's two things, baptism and communion. And we're going to do communion together. As a piece of authentic community, when Jesus spoke that night to the disciples, he told them, I have eagerly waited to have this meal with you and it hasn't changed. Right now, he eagerly wants to have this meal with us.
us together. So as we start the worship song, there's elements right up here. There's some gluten-free on this side. Please come up, grab yours, take it back to your seat. Let's worship together. And then we'll all take communion together after the song. That night, all gathered around with his disciples. And one of the things I love about that night is we, 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 we picture, you know, that the Da Vinci picture of them all upright and sitting in chairs. And that's, that's not the way it was then. On the floor, and they were reclined. They were in a place of comfort and peace with each other. You guys can have a seat. I didn't mean to keep you standing, but that's what I imagine with this. Is his disciples have come to a table with love and friendship and peace and that's that's where we're going to right now to his table and he's there eagerly waiting to have this meal with us on that night Jesus took the bread and he broke it he said take this and eat this is my body broken for you and he took the cup This is my blood poured out for you. Take it and drink. From there, his community, after his sacrifice, took his message, took his story, and turned the world upside down with it. An authentic community needs your story. God will use your story to impact and to comfort and to raise up those. But you have to put yourself in a position to be willing to share it. I've got to be open and honest about this. Some of you know, like, this, this stuff hasn't stopped and it's okay, but you know, our, our, our son had a tumor removed from his face. Our, do- our, our Christy's mom has cancer and it just feels like it's piling on us again. But I know that if I don't have a group of people that I can share that with, that I can give that to and talk about it, and know that one day God didn't cause it all, that God hasn't caused it all, but he's going to use it for others. When I don't realize that and I don't have those people around me, my heart gets numb and hardened. And that's a bad place to be. That's a bad place for any of us to be. So let's find our community.
our authentic community. And yes, that is here on a Sunday, but we need to be in something tighter. Thank you guys so much for spending part of your Sunday here with us. Let me pray for us. Lord, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you that you are a God that brings comfort and healing and that you use us. Use us to impact the stories of those around us, those that we love, Lord. Give us an open heart for whatever that may look like in our lives. Help us to start looking for our own authentic community that we can share this life with. God, we thank you for that night. We thank you for what communion means. Remembrance and the time to be near you. And thank you. Lord, help us as we go. Help us through this week and help us to be difference makers in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Have a great week. We will see you next time.